0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the um, inaugural episode of The Overthrow Podcast. My name is Christian Locker. I'm here with Gabe Rodriguez, my good friend um, and teammate. We um, have been wanting to... We've been talking about starting a podcast for a while, and um, we finally are um, realizing that idea. Um, We're really excited to get this to all of you. Um, Just a little background on us. Um, We're both huge sports fans, and we are both um, college students at Marist College, on the cross-country and track teams. That does not make us um, any less qualified to talk about other sports than other people. Um, And... Um, I am a sports communication major, so this is what I, you know, want to do in the future, and, um, Gabe, if you want to take, uh, take it from here for yourself. Sure.
1: Um, I'm Gabe, uh, yeah. Uh, big sports fan, obviously, um, you know, although we run, like Christian said, um, we're totally qualified to do this. You know, we might have conflicting views at times, but you know that's what's going to make this podcast really fun, really interesting. Um, everyone has different viewpoints. to Explain them. You know, a lot of professionals make a living out of this, so it's kind of cool to have this as a hobby and it's kind of a side gig. Um, for me, I'm a finance and econ major, so this isn't really in my realm. But you know, this is definitely a big part of my life. Um, sports overall, I enjoy watching sports. Um, my hometown's right outside of Philly, so, you know, I have that Philly spirit, and especially this um, upcoming Super Bowl with the Eagles being in it, obviously really, um, really involved and really engaged, so, you know, we'll get into all that in, in this episode, too, so.
0: Yeah, but um, I think the first thing that we're going to start with, obviously, we're recording this on February 1st, Wednesday, um, so big news today was um, Tom Brady retiring, so we're going to talk about that during the first part of the show today. Um, the Just to give a little bit of uh, background information on how we're going to kind of break the show up, we're going to break into four segments, uh, first down, second down, third down, fourth down. Obviously, first down, we're going to talk about the big headlining news of the week, and right now there's no bigger news probably in all of sports than the retirement of Tom Brady, the real, for real, this the real time. Yeah. So, um, as a Jets fan, you know, it's, I don't want to say bittersweet, but I can recognize he is the greatest football player of all time, and he was obviously, for better or worse, a huge part of, you know, my <laughs> sports viewing fandom growing up he terrorized my team twice a year at least except for that one year when we beat him in the playoffs but it is kind of sad it's the end of an era and i know that you kind of wanted to talk about how you know these guys are getting older and tom brady's the next kind of domino to fall
1: in our um you know childhood quarterbacks yeah like, you know, the the big six of our childhood, you know, the Manning brothers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Brady, um, and then who, who else? Drew Brees. Drew Brees, obviously. One, uh, also a great quarterback, you know. It's kind of, as Christian said, you know, bittersweet moment, kind of, you know, looking back on childhood, seeing, wow, these, these quarterbacks aren't playing anymore. Um, you know, Tom Brady definitely had some life left in him, but you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more, um, you know, Mahomes and the borough, Justin Herberts, Jalen Hurts, you know, they're kind of the future, um, you know, quarterbacks of this league, but, you know, it's kind of the passing of the torch, um, you know, the first time that Brady retired, um, he did a kind of, you know, big commotion, there was a lot of drama around it, um, and this time I f- kind of feel like, you know, it was subtle um, and quiet, um, you know. He knew that it was time to step away, um, not because of any physical ailments or anything like that, but you know, um, just being a dad obviously was a, was a major part of his life, and I think that kind of didn't register with him for a while, and I feel like now he can finally, you know, accept that role and assume that role for his kids, um, and you know, be the best dad he can be. You know, they support him all those years, and now he's just repaying what they did for him, so it should be a good um, post career for Tom Brady for sure, especially with that broadcasting deal. Yeah, unfortunately, Greg Olson might
0: not be on that main uh, main call anymore. But um, I think he'll. I think Brady will probably be a pretty good, uh, pretty good analyst. And with what you were saying about how this time he kind of went out quietly, I think that's kind of. Um, you know, that kind of aligns with how Tampa Bay's season went. It wasn't um, it just wasn't special, really. It just kind of existed. You know, they made the playoffs. They didn't deserve to make the playoffs, but they played in a weak division. They managed to they well they went eight and nine, right? They were eight and nine. And, they were the
1: only losing team
0: in the playoffs. Yes. And um, it's just it, it it's kind of weird. It it doesn't feel right. Last year, it felt, you know, this player who had all this fanfare around him, who was the face of the league for over 15, 20 years. 20, 23 years. Yeah, career. yeah. And he, he was the face of the league for the majority of that time. He, it was a huge deal. I, everyone was talking about it. And today it just kind of seems like you know it just it's just part of the news cycle. It doesn't seem like this huge major event, but obviously it is. And the only the only quarterback now left from you know when we started really watching growing up is is it the last great quarterback I should say because Joe Flacco's still playing, but the the last great quarterback left from uh, our childhood is Aaron Rodgers who um, hopefully will be playing for my Jets next year but we'll talk more about that possibility later Um, the other news obviously is that the Chiefs and Eagles both won the AFC and NFC championship games respectively they will be playing each other in the Super Bowl and we'll get more into that during the last segment of the, sh- of the show, but it's probably the best Super Bowl matchup possible. Um, Andy Reid versus Old Teen, the Kelsey brothers, a lot of storylines in this one. Nick Sirianni was a quarterback, yes. or a quarterback coach for yep. the Chiefs or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so it'll definitely be a great game. But now moving on to our second down segment the coin flip. It is, it is a this or that, um, kind of segment. And we're going to be going over some of the, uh, destinations for quarterbacks. So we're going to start with the Jets and the way that we're going to do this is we will have the two, likeliest options for the teams at quarterback and we're gonna kind of debate which one is the right option so starting with the Jets the two likeliest options in our eyes at least the way things are trending are Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr as a Jets fan personally obviously I'd probably go with Rodgers he's you know he's one year removed from being an MVP. He was a back-to-back MVP with Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator. He's super close with him. I really want to rationalize the Nathaniel Hackett hire as a Jets fan. And I think that kind of having... Bring Rodgers in would be huge, and it would obviously make that hire make more sense. And... The only thing that makes me a little hesitant is what it would cost. There were reports yesterday that it was, the Jets were preparing a lucrative offer of a first-round pick plus more. And I'm fine with giving up a first, obviously, but I need to know what that plus more is. If it's, you know, like a first and like a younger mm-hmm. roster player who, like an Elijah Moore type player. Yeah, I, was say. I don't know how much I'd love that. Yeah, I want to see what Elijah Moore can kind of do now that he's not shackled by LaFleur. Um, and uh, I just don't think that mortgaging future pieces yeah. would be the best idea, especially because that would kind of leave the Jets depleted. Mm-hmm. They don't have a ton of depth. And, you know, the surface looks really great with guys like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Elijah Barrett-Tucker. Um, but once you kind of get below that, you don't really you don't really want Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrio starting. No. So it's giving away some of those roster players is a little slippery. And um, Carr is a good option too, though. But I think that Rodgers is definitely the best option there.
1: Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that, you know. Rodgers, great career, you know, has a trophy room, back-to-back MVPs, um, made to the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl. Um, was he the MVP of that Super Bowl? I think so. Okay, so Super Bowl MVP, you know. Um, you know, he's a baller. He still is. Um, you know, their team this year wasn't quite good enough to, you know, execute their plans and stuff like that. Um, and obviously yeah. he had the broken thumb, too. Yeah, and he did have the thumb. I kind of forgot about that, yeah. but... Um, you know, Christian Watson, a really good player, so is um, Romeo Dobbs, you know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon in the backfield. But, you know, moving on to the Jets, um, Rodgers definitely elevates their team. Um, Garrett Wilson, obviously, is a wide receiver one, alpha, you know, just straight-up baller, like I was saying before. And Brees Hall, obviously, small sample size, but he really grew into his role, um, really assumed a lot of the carries. Um And, you know, has him upside with some backfield, um, you know, route running, like, you know, involved in passing games, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's definitely a plus. Um, And then, obviously, Derek Carr moving on from Vegas. It's definitely gonna leave. I don't envision him coming back. Um, Josh McDaniels, Pro Bowler Derek Carr, by the way, Pro Bowler. <laughs> yeah, you know him and uh, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, behind. dynamic,
0: dynamic Pro Bowl quarterback duo there. I one know. got one got benched. The other threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah,
1: and they're behind Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, um, you know we, we had a big turnaround in Jacksonville. Um, shout out Doug Peterson. You know he's the man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Rodgers definitely for sure. Um, The big question, like Christian said, is how much are they going to pay him? Um, You know, I think those details will be figured out. And, you know, the Packers are motivated to move him, so if they take a slight, slight discount, they might have to in order to get by him. Um, And we'll get back to um, the Packers quarterback room and that entire situation. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to
0: that next, actually. But um, for you as you know, an outsider. I'm obviously biased. Yeah. So, um, as a non Jets fan, what do you think Rodgers really elevates the ceiling of the team to? You know, Zach
1: Wilson, you know, sucks. A little, sucks. <laughs> a lot of limitations, um, you know, kind of. You know, I don't think he had a great relationship with his coaches. No. Um, it's hard that Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach anyway, mm-hmm. um, which definitely does not help his case, especially for someone that's still in the developmental stages of his career. Um, Mike White actually, you know, kind of proved to be better than him, and, you know, I was rooting for him. Um, but Roger brings experience, talent, um, and knowledge of the game. Um, experience and the knowledge really tie mm-hmm. together. Um, so, you know, although Salah is a defensive-minded coach, I don't think it would hinder Rodgers' performance. Um, He can actually call his own plays. I don't know if Zach was calling his own plays. He definitely wasn't. He definitely, and uh, the, that's kind of the thing with the whole Hackett
0: thing that I've thought of, is people were saying, oh, like he was calling pr- plays in Denver last year and it went terribly. If Aaron Rodgers is calling the plays, then it doesn't matter nope. with Hackett. Because if... Like, yeah, it just it just doesn't... It's not a big deal.
1: Right. And they had the prior relationship, which definitely helps. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a one-year hiatus, but, you know, both guys did seem to kind of, um, you know, not perform as well. There was definitely some um, slight digression or regression. Yeah. Apologies. Um, but, um, yeah, and from the outside, um, you know, even being in the NFC, I think Rodgers was completely flip the way that the Jets would, you know, face and match up against um, the conference division rivals, stuff like that. Um, you know, you have Buffalo, Josh Allen, everything that's going on over there. Um, the Dolphins with Tua, you know, I saw today that he cleared the concussion. Oh, finally. final. And they said he would return. Um, and then the Patriots, you know, we just talked about Brady and kind of when he departed, you know, Mac Jones took over and, you know, they're pretty average so, you know, the division is up for grabs, and I think Rodgers definitely puts the Jets into that conversation. Mm-hmm. And their defense, too. You yeah, know, for sure. Supports Rodgers mm-hmm. um, completely. Um, you know, Sauce, Shaft, yeah. Sauce Jersey. Um, you know, he is the man um, as lockdown. So, you know, I could see this team looking a lot like the Packers, maybe not as run-heavy, but, um, you know, some coaching um, pieces from – Green Bay and Rogers too so yeah
0: Rogers was on Pat McAfee yesterday and he said um, he said I'm pretty sure that the direct quote is Hack is my guy um, in regards to Nathaniel Hackett. it's so those two obviously have a great relationship so having them reunited in New York would be great and Aaron if you are listening to this which you are not um, I will personally fund a statue for you if you come here and win a Super Bowl, so I don't know how big a statue. I don't. I can't promise where it will be. It could end up being in my backyard, and it could be, you know, made out of cardboard or something. But I can't. I can't promise the quality of it. But there will be a statue built if you come here and win a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, but moving on to Green Bay now. Um, good segue. There is. Uh, would you rather? Love or Rodgers moving forward for the Green Bay Packers?
1: It's a tough one. Um, I think Love, surprisingly, his debut game this year was against my Eagles. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. when That might have been his first time that he played. Yeah, and yeah. He, he played pretty well against a, a really above-average defense. Not above-average. Very, very good. Okay. Probably
0: the second best. Th- are, are they the second best or are they the best defense in the league? Because I think you could
1: argue that. I think, I think you could argue it. You can now, after the 49ers' complete collapse last week. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Eagles number one across the board, number one offense, number one defense, you know. Mm-hmm. Best team. But, um, yeah, you know, Love has obviously developed um, since his arrival in Green Bay. Um, you know, coming out of college, he did have a lot of good qualities. Um, you know, decent arm. He can move a little bit, not a ton, um and you know soaked up a lot of the knowledge from Rogers even though Rogers was not willing at first but you know accepted it once everything kind of settled um but i think it's i think they should try and take the chance you know they traded they traded up to get Jordan Love right i think they might have okay yeah if they did trade up for him obviously they prioritized him as a player um and knew that Rogers wouldn't last forever um and I think the relationship between Rogers and the Packers has completely, you know, gone to basically zero. Um, they're leaving him out of conversations about his future with the team, which obviously he doesn't like. Um, and you know, getting rid of players that he really enjoyed playing with in the past, and now that they're not on the team, um, his mind has kind of shifted to a more um, personal level. Um, focusing on his own self-interest more than the team. So, you know, that potential toxic environment that's been created, you know, let Rodgers move on, find a different team, um, and build a new, you know, I don't want to say second career because it's very close to the end, but, um, you know, let him build a name for himself somewhere else and give Jordan Love a chance.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you traded up for the guy, I did just check. They yeah, did trade yeah, up for him. Yeah. Um, you traded up for the quarterback years ago. If he's mm-hmm. not ready now, he'll never be ready. Nope. Um, so if you think he's ready, capitalize on it. Um, move out the Rodgers cap hit. And you could compete for a year with Jordan Love still on a rookie contract if they even want to compete. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know... I don't know if they're really going to be able to.
1: Yeah. I
0: don't know if they're going to be able to. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of build the team, maneuvering around the cap because I know that they're quite a bit over. So, I think love is probably the way to go. And I mean, obviously, I'm biased because you want you I want, I you want are Rogers really bad. But um, yeah, I, I just I just think Jordan Love is. <laughs> is the way to go moving forward for them. I think he's flashed enough, especially this season, in limited playing time, that giving him a shot kind of helps. And I, th- if he's bad, and you are bad this season, this is a really good year coming up to be really, really bad. Yeah. So I think that Love all the way for Green Bay. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of being really, really bad going forward, let's talk about Tampa Bay. So they have, you know, they have some question marks at quarterback. Obviously the only quarterback under contract there is Kyle Trask. Yep. So that's not a good thing for them. They are an aging team with someone who shockingly isn't a good coach. Guess what, everyone? It wasn't just because he was the coach of the Jets. He's not a good head coach. Um, But for Tampa Bay, I have here Carr or Jimmy G. Let's go a step further. Let's put a third side to this coin. Carr, Jimmy G, or Tank with Kyle Trask.
1: It's tough, um, you know, they have a pedigree of making big moves, um, for players sometimes, you know, obviously they had to move to get Tom Brady, um, and that completely altered the way that their franchise looked for forever, um, you know, brought a Super Bowl to Tampa, um, but, you know, they still have a lot of pieces on their team, um, Mike Evans, Godwin, Fournette, um, you know, um who's their backup running back. Oh, Rashad White. Yeah, Rashad White. You know, he's showed some promise. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, defense is aging a little bit, but, you know, personally, I would probably go for um, one of the two quarterbacks over tanking. Um, They might have the cap room to do it. Um, You know, I think if I had to choose between Carr and Jimmy G, I'm going to go with Jimmy G, Um, surprisingly. um, I know a lot of people probably don't like that take, but... Um, Although Jimmy G has seen some injuries, um, he is a winning quarterback, you know, led the 49ers to an NFC championship game, which they probably had no business being in, but, you know, he balled out in the, what is it, divisional round?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I know their first round game against the Packers, I don't think anyone really balled out. That was like, what, like... 13-10 Thirteen ten or something,
1: it, yeah, was, it was just probably a terrible, game. terrible game, but, um, offensively at least. But yeah, you can probably also get Jimmy G at a slightly lower cost than Derek Carr, um, potentially, I don't really, I'm not 100% sure about that, but, um, you know, Jimmy G I think is also a little bit smarter with the ball, um, and he's willing to, you know, not throw the ball 40 times a game, you know, Derek Carr didn't necessarily have to do that either, um, but I think Jimmy's a little bit of a safer option. Um, just just on their offense too. Mm,
0: yeah. I, I mean, as far as the vets go, um I think that the safer option, in my opinion is actually car, maybe not performance wise, but yeah, ability to stay on the field. Yeah. um true. over the past three seasons, from 2020 to the present, Derek Carr has played, um, well, not any, not a full season anymore, but 16 yeah. more games than Jimmy has. And Jimmy has been more efficient. He has a higher QBR. Um, I believe that the touchdown percentage was higher, too. Yeah. And um, the touchdown
1: dependency, I think, was a little bit lower he, with Jimmy. Yeah. So I think
0: that... As far as if if they're both healthy, if we put this in a vacuum and guarantee that they're both going to be healthy next season, I'd go Jimmy too. But considering health, um, I'd go Carr. But in this scenario, I would actually not go either route. I would go with Trask personally, because if you look at what Tampa has, they have... Decent offensive weapons in place. They they're vets, but they have decent offensive weapons in place. They have a they have a pretty decent defense, and they have a head coach who probably is going to get fired at the end of next season. Should have been already, but yeah, but but there, but that's not happened yet. So bring Ba back. <laughs> I think that going with Trask this season. And kind of saying to the vets, listen, we're going to see what this guy has. If he's bad, we're sorry. But the reward for being bad next year is insane. Either way, if you get the first or second pick, you you are in business. Um, I'm. I know a lot of people don't like Caleb Williams from USC because of, you know, what he paints on his nails. But the dude is a baller. He's a great player. He's he's probably I've seen him do stuff that I have not seen any other college quarterback like ever do pretty much. Yeah. He looks like he looks like a cross between like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. And now I'm not saying that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but I think he can come in and if he if you put him next year into what Tampa has in place with say like uh, a Shane Steichen yeah. or a uh, Brian Johnson from Detroit, yep. if you bring one of those offensive minds in as head coach next season with a really elite young quarterback like Caleb Williams I think that being bad for a year will bring you back to contention, especially in that division, really, really quickly. So I think that that, for <laughs> Tampa, makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then... For our final uh, coin flip, we're going to go out west to San Francisco. Um, Trey Lance or Mr. Irrelevant or Mr. Relevant?
1: Brock Purdy. I'm going Mr. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant. I'm not picking him. I'm going with Trey Lance. Um, he brings so much upside to their offense. They have a loaded roster on both sides of the ball. Their coaching, obviously, is stellar. Um, I think Trey Lance had a minor hiccup in his career and hopefully a prosperous career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously ankle injury is going to limit his mobility, but not too much because of how young he is. I think he still has time to fully recover from the injury and hopefully keep the running upside. It was also, he broke, it was a broken
0: uh, bone. So that, um, that's not going to be as detrimental going forward as like, you know, a tendon or a ligament injury. Right. It's not like ACL because a bone surgery is just, it's fixed you just need to give it time to kind of heal, but it's not gonna be, it shouldn't be a problem going forward. It's Uh not something that can like, it's not like it flares up again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just to add to that, um, Brock Purdy obviously being the 199th pick in the draft, um, which is exactly when Brady Br- No, was, no, he was not, he was not,
0: no, Brady was 199, Brock Purdy was the last pick. Okay. Um, which was
1: not 199. Okay, gotcha. Um, you know, Purdy did a nice job kind of filling in for, um, Lance and Garoppolo, um, and although he, you know, played really well and let them to the NFC Championship game, um, you know, he had Christian McCaffrey right alongside him, Debo, Kittle, Ayuke. I mean the list goes on and on the defense. Line. Yeah, offensive line is great. Trent Williams, um is a dog. Um and the defense obviously prop them up. So I don't think Purdy brings the same upside that Lance does. Um and, you know, give Lance time to heal through OTAs in the preseason and, mm-hmm. you know, slowly acclimate to playing again. And I think that's his job all the way. They're obviously not going to trade either of these guys. Um, I think it's just between who's going to be starting and who's going to be the backup. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, Kyle Shanahan said today, just before we started recording, that basically confirmed Jimmy Garoppolo will not be back. He said he does not see a way that um, Garoppolo comes back next season. Um... I think that if the 49ers were to move on from Lance right now, I think that would be a bad idea because it's kind of like with Zach Wilson. Um, don't trade a guy at their absolute lowest value. and Zach Wilson's value probably could get lower. Trey Lance's value was not going to get lower than this. Um, he his senior or his he wasn't a senior, his last year of college. I'm, he did, I don't think he threw an interception. I don't think he did. Um, he was a very good prospect coming out, and I think that, you know, you, you mentioned this. You said that in Lance's two games that he played before um,
1: he I, I got think, injured. I think Kittle, it was four games. It was, okay. He played four games, and... Of the four games, he only had Kittle for one of them. And you have mm-hmm. to remember that he didn't have Christian McCaffrey for any of it. He was it using exactly. he, he was using a run, RBBC, running back by committee. Yeah,
0: he had a mix of, like, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, those kind of, and Jeff Wilson isn't even on the 49ers anymore. Okay. And it, it was just a less... It wasn't the same offense. Um, I think that Brock Purdy kind of... Um, he doesn't elevate anything. You know, he, he, obviously what the 49ers have, they have a fantastic group of skill position players. We've said that, we keep saying it, but it, it it's important to the conversation that, you know, Purdy just needs to get the ball into these guys' hands. But if Lance is used correctly, he can add another layer and be another weapon in that offense. If you look at what Philadelphia does, and I know you know this, yeah. obviously, Hurts is another weapon oh, in and, and the offense. He adds another layer to it. He's not just a distributor. You know, it, if the offense is talented enough where he could just be a distributor, yeah. but what makes it the best offense in the league is that Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, is another weapon in that offense. Yeah. So I think if they could kind of unlock Lance to do something similar to that, I, I I, I mean, the sky's the limit for them. Yeah. I And bringing Purdy back, obviously Purdy will be back. But bringing Purdy in, especially with this elbow injury, if he needs surgery and he's going to be out for six months, yep. I don't know how much I trust him to come in and just start right away. Yeah. After no OTAs, smaller training camp. I mean, they said he'll be ready in August. So Close. it. it that's kinda of kinda of close. I, I don't think that it makes much sense right. for uh for Brock Purdy to be start the week one starting quarterback of San Francisco next season. Alright, third down now. Um this segment is called the penalty box. Um I'm a huge hockey fan, so I want it this isn't a hockey-related segment, but you know, it's an ode to hockey, I guess. Okay. And um this is kind of just gonna be the bad performers of the week and the first um performer that we're going to be talking about is just refs <laughs> in um both the NFL and the NBA. Yeah, totally. Um big controversy in the well, both of the championship games in the NFL, both to kind of to a lesser extent the NFC championship game, um people were upset that the Devonta Smith catch during the first drive was not overturned. Personally, and I know you're going to completely agree with me here, um, if you want the call overturned, oh, the yeah. ref can't see. The, it took the broadcast five minutes to show us a camera angle that showed Smith dropping the ball, that showed the ball hitting the ground. If you think that the referee could see that that was an incomplete pass from his vantage point, uh, I'm sorry. Um, That's just insane. They don't wear x-ray goggles. And um, if there's anyone you want to blame, it should be Kyle Shanahan because if you see a receiver getting up from the ground, telling his whole team to hurry up, sprinting, punching his fists together, saying, guys, you got to get up to the line. As a head coach, I'd be like hmm, you know, wide receivers don't like to admit when they don't catch the ball. Maybe I'll throw a challenge flag here, because that looked like it could have gone
1: either way. And it was early in the game, too, so even if the call didn't go their way, it was going to go their way anyway, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's worth that risk, you know, because obviously seven points were up on the board after that play. (laughs) Yeah, it was just...
0: It was an important play in the game, obviously. We're not going to deny that, but... It, it as a head coach, you need to read that situation better and throw the challenge flag. That's right. not that is not on the officiating.
1: It's instinctual. Exactly. He, he didn't have to rely on you know staff of his to say throw the red flag, throw the red flag. Mm-hmm. You know, you see him do that, toss it on the field. Yes, but it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. I'll exactly.
0: And then some people were upset, I think, about the number of penalties being called on the 49ers, but most of them were pretty obvious. Um, they were getting frustrated towards the end of the game. I don't completely blame them if I was losing that by that much to... And, you know, you don't have a quarterback. You kind of feel helpless. I'd be kind of frustrated too. I understand some of what was happening. I don't understand the other stuff of what was happening. Looking at you, Dre Greenlaw, and Trent Williams. Um, but it, it just wasn't... The refs would have... No, they couldn't have changed the outcome of that game. Um, And then in the AFC Championship game, obviously there was more controversy. Um, Bengals fans were kind of dissecting the entire game. It felt like on Twitter that Bengals fans were watching the entirety of the game back in slow motion and just screenshotting every single holding call. I, I don't know how many... Screenshots I saw of holds on Twitter on Sunday night and Monday morning, but it was it, it was a lot. But you know, holding happens happens on every play. Um, there was an interview with Max Crosby that I saw, where he kind of said, you know, he doesn't like when guys complain about holds yeah. um, because he said. Uh, You know, I get held all the time, it happens, they can't call it every time, and that you kind of just need to play through it, and you're, you know, you're not going to get those calls all the time. Uh, The big one I saw was the Orlando Brown one on the uh, Mahomes scramble play, where he got out of bounds and got pushed out for a 15-yard penalty, and the Chiefs just kicked a field goal after that and won the game. Uh, but there have been multiple people who have come out and said, you know, that that wasn't actually a hold. There's, like, a weird wrinkle in the rule book where if a lineman does a certain kind of, like, technique that you can kind of... It, it, it's kind of convoluted, but it's, it wasn't a penalty. There was a hold on that play by Trey Smith, but... Yeah, I did uh, see that. But, again, it's not like these plays... You know, there there are plays on both ends. If, if the Chiefs lost, we probably could have gone back frame by frame, watching the entire game, and found five, ten penalties that weren't called on the Bengals that were important. Oh, yeah. It
1: goes both ways, for sure.
0: Yeah. And, um... The, the AFC Championship game was not well-officiated. It wasn't. it wasn't. The officials needed to do a better job. But... um I don't think that blaming the officials for the outcome is productive
1: at all, it's, really. It's not. It's just an excuse. Exactly. I think both teams played really well. Um, Bro had a great game. My mom's had a great game, obviously, especially mm-hmm. with a the, with the bad ankle. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people like to go straight to the refs to, you know, come up with excuses, oh, they blew the game, oh, we didn't win because of bad calls, whatever. At the end of the day, you know, the scoreboard is what dictates winners and losers, um, and both teams played really well, and you know, the Chiefs got that extra punch at the end, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Harrison Butker did his job and yeah. that field goal.
0: You see it really at the end of any big game, if it's a close game, it feels like every single time people find something to say, oh, if this happened the other way the game would have gone differently and obviously that's true but if you could do that with either team yeah, like the um, last season the coin flip between Buffalo, Buffalo and Kansas City yeah. you know if the overtime rules were a little different. Maybe the game would have gone differently, but the Chiefs still would have gotten the ball first. They would have walked down the field, scored a touchdown. Maybe the Bills would have scored a touchdown, but then the Chiefs would have gotten the ball again and probably scored again. So it's not... It's just, you know, there's always going to be... Nothing's perfect. The games are imperfect, Mm -hmm. but you kind of have to play the hand you're dealt. Right,
1: and emotions are really... Flying high in these games, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of ticky tack, you know, calls and excuses come into play. So yeah. I think this is what happened with the with the Bengals.
0: Yeah, it it's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. It, they're not both teams can't win the game. Someone has to lose. Yeah, um, and then <laughs> moving to the NBA now, uh, just to touch on that for our basketball fans. Um, how about that Celtics versus Lakers game? If you want to talk about, you know, the refs maybe having a an impact on the uh, outcome of a game, yeah. um, it, it, it's that one. And I think this is – we can kind of tie this into the AFC Championship game because people were saying, you know, in that spot you can't call that penalty – like on Osai, even though it was clearly, clearly, clearly a late hit. Look at the outrage from Jason Tatum, if you didn't watch the game, LeBron, it was a tie game, uh, like one or two seconds left, very end of the game, yeah. LeBron James is going for driving in the basket for a layup, and Jason Tatum just swats his arm, and he misses, and the refs didn't call anything, yeah. so the outrage for for the no call was
1: huge,
0: and everyone could agree that that needed to be called. Yeah. So I think that that kind of proves the whole thing where you know if it's not a if it's a penalty in the first quarter, it should be a penalty at the end of the game. Right. Call the game fairly the whole time. And you can't really just give the benefit of the doubt in, like, those crunch time situations 100%. because that was a clear foul. LeBron probably makes the shot from that close. Yeah. If, oh, totally. If he doesn't get fouled. Yeah. Um, and LeBron kind of... LeBron was really emotional, <laughs> I yeah, guess. I um, he was just beside himself. Yeah. And that kind of felt like it was the Lakers' season, and they went on. They lost in overtime. Yeah. But that kind of felt like if there was a time for the Lakers to kind of jumpstart their season, that was their chance. Was and um, now they might not be able to do that. Um, yeah. So for an aging LeBron, that's
1: obviously. Um, that obviously sucks. Yeah. And the NBA fishing, officiating committee said after the game that, you know, it was a foul.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: clearly they acknowledged the mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no apologies or anything like that. It's just the way that it is. Um, and like you were just talking about, you know, LeBron's at a point in his career where he can't carry a team to the NBA finals anymore. It's just mm-hmm. not possible. He, he can't play enough games. And that too. Load management. Load management mm-hmm. should not be a thing on the Lakers, but it is, um, especially for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Well, they, for LeBron, and, he, he he's too old to play an 82-game season now. Yeah, agreed. And but, Anthony Davis is too injury-prone yeah. to even last. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're, one thing I'll say is the Western Conference is very um, close-knit in terms of wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and just record overall, so...
0: Isn't it, like, five games separating, like, the Lakers? Or there's, like, five games between, like, the 12 seed and, like, the, like... Top, one of the... the f- one of, like, the top four seeds. Yeah, I forgot I exactly guess. which one, but yeah. it, it's I think really it was, close. I think it
1: was nine nine or ten games between the Lakers and first place in the West. Wow. Which first place in the West right now is Denver? I think it was. I think it's Denver. It
0: um, is still Denver. Um the Lakers are in thirteenth and they are three games back of the Warriors in fifth place. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's really, really close. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's how many games to first place? Eleven or something? It was a they're eleven and a half yeah, games behind and a half Denver. Games. Okay. Yeah. Again, like I said, you know, although their team has, you know, deteriorating health Throughout the season, you know, you have Westbrook and all that. Um, they're not out quite yet, and don't rule out LeBron James, you know. Mm-hmm. He's the second-best player of all time, so, you know, he's capable of a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and I mean,
0: maybe they could still turn their season around. They just beat uh, the uh, best team in the NBA, the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, uh, <you> I bet. <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. Um, as a Knicks fan, though, I'm excited, you know. For sure. We're, we're, they're pretty... The, they're respectable this year. They're pretty good. Definitely. Um, Jalen Brunson's great. Um, great. Player. But. Shout out, Noah. <laughs> um, yeah, so refs this week were um, definitely going in the penalty box. And I think one more kind of. I don't want to, you know, pick on anyone here, but um, just to go back to football. Real quick, touch on that. Um, the Eagles were able to run all over San Francisco, and a lot of that was because there's one weak link on that San Francisco defense, and the Eagles were able to exploit it by just, you know, running the ball into Javon Kinlaw, who just kind of seemed lost. Yeah. And this is. Kind of this is something with San Francisco that with losing D'Amico Ryans, I don't know how well the defense is gonna do because he got a lot out of guys that were kinda like late round picks. I mean, like if you look at like Hafunga, he's probably like a lower part of the roster player and he now we can debate if he should have been first team all pro, but he was yeah. first team all pro this season, right. and kind of getting the best out of a bunch of these players. That might not happen for San Francisco anymore, and they also have kind of a concerning drafting record recently with like guys like Javon Kinlaw and Trey Lance. Um, Kinlaw was the absolute was the weak link on the San Francisco defense. Um, I wish the best for him. I hope that he, you know, gets better, lives up to that 13th overall pick, or he was drafted in that range. He was a, like, high-to-mid first-round pick, and um, just San Francisco needs more out, needed more out of him. Yeah. Yeah, so... The refs and Javon Kenlaw, you are in the penalty box um, this week. And uh, fourth down, this segment is called Two-Minute Drill. Um, It's just kind of closing part of the show. Um, Today's Two-Minute Drill, Super Bowl predictions. We're going to predict the winner, the score, and Super Bowl MVP. So... I'm gonna go first. Yeah. Actually, no, you go first because right, we right, right, we right, know right. exactly what you're gonna pick. So exactly, let's hear it.
1: you know exactly. You know, I'm going with the Eagles. Of course, I think they're the most complete team. Um, I think we've seen it throughout the season. You know, sixteen and three, including playoff games. The Chiefs are boasting the same record, same amount of points scored as the Eagles. I think this is almost a toss up. Um, you know, is Mahomes gonna be hundred percent? I don't know. To be honest, you know this is probably, probably not hard to say. I kind of hope he's 100. <laughs> you know, I'm not wishing injury upon anybody, but he's already injured, so you're not wishing anything on him. True. Um, and I think you know Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff have the capability to execute um, good game plan, especially with Jalen Hurts close to, if not at, 100. Um, you know, a lot of RPO action, stuff like that. So get everybody involved, and don't forget about running the ball. Um, it works um, you know the Eagles forget about that sometimes so you know mm-hmm. you know just hand it off you know Gainwell Boston Scott Miles Sanders you know they can do it They're even, three team. even Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. probably the arguably the best rusher on that team um, <laughs> you know he can do it he can do it all so you know I'm going Eagles MVP I'm going Jalen Hurts you know he's led this team here you know great leader a lot of people slept on him um, earlier in his career His college career was all over the place, so you know that's kind of the root of some of that doubt. Um, And he's proving all the haters wrong, and I love to see it, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with you know Carson Wentz not supporting him. I don't like Carson Wentz, Um, (laughs) so he's not here anymore. But you know, Eagles, Jalen Hurts, and final score. um, You know, I think this is going to be a relatively high-scoring game. I think the defense is kind of tired after a long postseason, so I'm going to go.
0: 35-30. Okay, I like that. It'll be a, an exciting, high-scoring game. Um, I am a. Uh, I'm a huge Mahomes guy. Um, uh, I know the term uh, "Mahomosexual" has kind of become a uh, thing on the internet, and Patrick Mahomes probably my favorite. Um, non-Jet in the league right now. So um, I'm going to pick... I, I can't bet against Mahomes. I think the Eagles are the better team on paper. I'm sorry. I I, I don't know why I'm apologizing for that part. Yeah, I'm sorry the, that I'm picking that. the Chiefs. Um, I think that the Eagles probably have the best roster in the league on paper. Definitely have a better roster than the Chiefs on paper. Um, I think it's going to come down to... How does the Eagles' offensive line handle Chris Jones? I think the battle of Chris Jones versus, you know, that interior offensive line of Philadelphia is going to decide the game. If they can hold him at bay, I think Philadelphia wins. But I'm going to say that they can't do it. One player finally breaks the Eagles' offensive line this season. The Eagles still manage to get points, but Mahomes is able to kind of outscore them. I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a pretty good game. Uh, that Eagles' pass defense is definitely the stronger part of their um, of their defense. Yeah, totally. In large part due to, you know, Slay and Bradbury are elite corners. For sure. Um, but... Uh, that pass rush is just insane, and the Chiefs have a have a good line, but I think Hassan Reddick is gonna probably have another really good game. I the I I just I think that Pacheco is gonna need to come up big. Yep. There's gonna probably be some controversy in this one. I'm gonna go twenty four to twenty, uh, Kansas City, and. MVP, Um, you know what, I'm going to go with, uh, give me Isaiah Pacheco, MVP.
1: Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you said that just because I'm a huge Pacheco fan, you know, <laughs> I knew him since his date his young days at Rutgers, you know, um, a great player, has a ton of talent, ton of potential, and he's already proven that, so. Yeah, I'm interested know. to see,
0: kind of, to, fantasy football's not important right now, but. I'm interested to see where
1: Pacheco is going to go in fantasy drafts next season. Let's just say I might take him a little bit too early, but um, <laughs> yeah, hot hot take for that MVP. Super yeah, no, yeah, awesome outside,
0: outside the outside the box pick. I I mean, last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, the running back probably should have won MVP. Uh, so yeah. I think this yeah. this time around, why not give it to the running back? I think he's going to have to have a huge game if they're going to win. So, Mahomes. Throwing, I, I don't know how open like juju smith schuster and uh nvs are going to be getting against land Bradbury. and if they're
1: hot if they're 100% healthy too
0: exactly so we'll we'll see how limited i think the chiefs passing attacks going to be pretty limited so if they're going to win i'm i'm going to check on mvp um i think that about wraps it up for uh our first ever episode um I, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, go birds. All right. right. Go birds. Um, and yeah, so that's basically that that's the show, you know, that's going to be the layout that we go with every week. Obviously, I think the segments are going to kind of rotate depending on what we, what we want to talk about, um, for the week and the news and everything. But thank you for listening We're so excited for the future uh, of what that has in store. I have a lot of great ideas and a lot more uh, great things to talk about for all of you guys to listen to. Um, So thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed and have a great day.